and we're live. Living the Guide Life podcast with Randy and Nate from Upland Inc. Talk about killing some roosters. How's it going today? You know, decided to come over to your place and uh, talk to you about killing cocks. Fair enough. Let's get some questions fired up. So, how long are you in South Dakota each year? Basically the whole fall. We uh, we chase roosters, well, upland birds anywhere throughout the state. Um, basically from end of September all the way through closing day. Randy, how long are you out there for? I'm out there uh, about the same. Um, I start the season a little bit late, not quite opener, just because of everyone that gets out there uh, in South Dakota right away for the first weekend, but pretty much after the first weekend all the way through uh, the closing weekend in January, um, I'm out there with Nate uh, almost every weekend. Some weekends we don't hunt together, but most of the time we're uh, together every weekend out there. Yeah. When you're out there, what are you looking for to kill roosters in? What's your favorite kind of standing corn or... Habitat that we're chasing. I, it changes throughout the year. Um, I say we hunt a lot of CRP early season, lighter cover, um, when there's still some uh, standing crop and uh, the sloughs haven't froze over yet. Uh, CRP early season. Uh, as the season goes on, uh, we'll start hunting thicker cover and then we finish the season, we'll be in uh, cattails. But we always look for feed, uh, good feed, if that's beans, corn, and then uh, some water source next to where we want to hunt to. And a lot of stuff we try to focus on is uh, stuff that's not touched by other hunters. Um, maybe a little farther than the guy before might go. Um, or cover change too, anything from grass to cattails where it might hold uh, some birds for those dogs. And um, also tree lines can be good too, um, early and late season. Yeah, uh, and to add to that, one of the things that we like to do, um, we get up and scout uh, for pheasants. Not a lot of people do that. You know, we go out and look for them. Uh, we like to see birds work in a field or uh, a pick corn field out scratching. Uh, we don't just show up to a spot and walk it. We're, we're looking for activity, tracks, uh, seeing birds bumping, setting back down. Um, so we know and we're confident that uh, there's going to be birds in the field when we walk it. That's a very good point Randy brought up. Um, we spend a lot of time in the morning and at night scouting for birds and um, we'll also line up fields so we are going to hunt them into the wind and uh, try to make us and the dogs as successful as possible. Yeah. Do you guys only have pheasants out in South Dakota or is there other upland you shoot too? Yeah, mainly just pheasants. Um, might get a bonus sharpie every now and then. Um, when I see more sharpies when I'm hunting closer to the hills, but uh, where we uh, mainly hunt out in the flatter country, a lot of pheasants, uh, not so much any other upland game birds around. Um, but 
when we're in North Dakota, um, we'll pick up some bonus Hans or um, some other birds as well. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, upland hunt in Minnesota? Do you guys hunt grouse at all? We try to chase some shark or some rough-tailed grouse, but unfortunately we don't get out to do that enough um, as we wish we could. We spend a lot of time out west where um, we don't get to chase many birds in Minnesota, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't... uh I'd like to shoot more uh, roughies and get out, but uh, I haven't been uh, grouse hunting in northern Minnesota for a few years now. Um, but it would extend our season. We should uh, get out there early season and try and uh, chase some grouse. But we, yeah, we spend most of our time uh, farther west out in uh, South Dakota. But uh, shoot a few roosters here and there in uh, western Minnesota um, during the season too. If we don't want to make the trip all the way out to South Dakota, uh, we'll. Uh, get out to uh, western Minnesota and get some hunting in too. Um, And one of the followers here just asked us uh, do we do any um, off-season scouting? Um, I wouldn't say as much as we do during hunting season by any means. Um, We'll do some laps around and uh, visit with farmers, bring them some fish, um, do that type of stuff just to keep our rapport with those farmers, but we don't necessarily uh, go out and watch for birds during the off season. Um, not near as close as much as we do during the season itself. Yeah, I'd say um, during the season, like Nate said, we do most of it. Uh, and one of the things is, you know, if it's golden hour and we pick up our birds and we're done for the day and, you know, there's, an, uh, let's say, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of sunlight left, rather than head straight back, uh, you know, and start cleaning birds, we'll drive around and, you know, scout for the for the following morning. So a lot more of that than necessarily off-season scouting. Um, it'd be nice to get out to South Dakota more uh, we're around where we hunt and drive around in the off season we just don't have the time to do that what's it like guiding on South Dakota so we got at a couple different ranches there uh, it's fun um, it can be hectic it uh, can be some big groups um, but there we don't uh, we don't carry a gun. We just run dogs for the clients, and it can be a it can be a fun time. Um, it's a little stressful making sure that we get birds for those clients, but overall, uh, it's good experience for young dogs and old dogs just to get them um, back into the mindset of let's go kill some roosters. Yeah, how early do you take a dog out for them? We were actually just talking about that the other day. Um, we're good with any any age as long as it's safe for the dog. Um, we basically start if the dog's obedient and uh, will listen to you and not uh, take off on its own. Um, we think you can get it out and do a hunting with it at any, at any age. Um, big thing a lot of people talk about is... Um, being around gunshots or loud noises um it's something to think about but really uh you just got to be cautious and plan ahead and you'll be uh you should be fine with that puppy 
Yeah, we uh, we had a younger dog. Actually, we had two younger dogs this year. One we got out and hunted a lot. Uh, that was Bodie, a uh, black male. Uh, he hit the fields uh, opening weekends, and he was around eight, nine months, uh, and he hunted all year long. Uh, he's 14 months now, and uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, building his confidence, uh, let him let him go, run big through the CRP, had fun, uh, slowly started to learn the game. Uh, did he range a little bit? Yeah, but I'd rather have the dog go big and get that confidence and slowly bring that back than try and get that dog to, uh, you know, keep him super close and then he's timid or she's timid to, to get out. So he ran big, uh, slowly brought that back through the end of the season, uh, and he was banging through cattails, bumping birds. I uh, probably had, I don't know, 40 retrieves back to hand this year and uh, all under a year old by the time the season ended. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all about getting the dog out as long as the dog's ready and has the confidence and you can build off that, get it uh, out as early as possible. And we also think uh, wild birds um, for young dogs or any dogs um, can make or break that dog. Um, compared to your game farms and release birds, um, those birds are smart, and they'll a uh, uh, dog will catch on and learn a lot from just one wild bird. Yeah, what have you seen with the pheasant population on South Dakota these past few years? Go for it. me. <laughs> yeah. um, I've seen it actually pretty consistent where, where we hunt. Um, a lot of good cover, good nesting grass. Uh, there's a lot of public land around to help with that too. Uh, and we've seen good numbers uh, around where we're at. You know, you read the pheasant reports and they come in and some areas may be down, some may be up a little bit, but the overall state of South Dakota uh, is down. But um, we've had great numbers. Uh, we see birds driving around. Uh, lots of numbers of birds out scratching early morning and we haven't had any problem uh finding birds or getting into birds with our dogs so we've been happy uh with the bird population overall uh in south dakota now that varies from area to area so that could be very different for some some listeners out there where they hunt but uh, uh it's 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 been good for us I feel like this winter too helped them out for sure in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota with all the standing corn. Yeah. All that cover. Yeah, there's definitely, it was what year for a lot of farmers all over where they didn't get a lot of crop out. So hopefully that did help. Um, hopefully it kept some feed on the ground for the birds. Um, and possibly some cover too. Although with uh, good snow amounts, that cover can get blown shut with wind um, in the open fields and uh, can el eliminate some of that food. But uh, we didn't have a terrible winter, so hopefully our bird numbers will be even better um, next year. Yeah, I think uh, the standing corn uh, and the way the season went, a lot of late season birds. I think a lot of birds made it through the winter um, because of the, the standing crop. Uh, didn't have a terrible winter. Yeah, we had quite a bit of snow um and then uh we didn't get a good freeze so hunting pressure wise a lot of hunters didn't get to a lot of those birds in those sloughs i know nate and i um 
even the last uh, weekend of the year in January, I think we both fell through the ice uh, at least once ourselves. So uh, getting wet pretty much all year long, that sucks. Uh, wearing muck boots and battling through through the sloughs and the the thin ice, being careful, obviously. But yeah, still still getting wet. So I think that uh, that will help uh, just hunting pressure wise. There wasn't a lot of people out chasing those birds, and a lot of them made it through the season and through the winter. Yeah. What's your favorite time of year? I think late season. Um, pressure is down. Um, a lot of your guys hunt opening weekend or early on, but uh, basically anywhere from opening day to closing day is my favorite time. Um, I know that's a big range, obviously, but uh, anytime you can get out is good. I like late season just for the aspect of uh, – sometimes you can be the only one there or those birds can be educated your dog's got to outsmart them um and you got to make the shot count sometimes the birds can be a little jumpy obviously have all of you have seen that um busting out in front of you but uh that's all part of hunting and makes it a fun time yeah uh favorite time of year for me um i like november i like late november um i'm surprised you didn't say your thanksgiving hunt that's your yeah. favorite hunt of the year thanksgiving to me i should <laughs> let me re-answer that question thanksgiving day uh is my favorite day to hunt um nobody's out which understandably so they're with family eating turkey well i'm uh chasing pheasants along the missouri river on some back public ground um it's a fun time usually there's fresh snow around then and uh it's uh that's that's gonna be my favorite day yeah that's one day nate and i don't hunt together because i have to eat turkey with my family um nate somehow talks his way out of that one and gets out in the field every year so nate's hunting solo on uh on thanksgiving but uh yeah it's one of his favorite hunts i just like november in general um later uh november starts to cool down cool off i like hunting cool weather uh for the dogs you know they're getting uh, getting better uh throughout the season then stamina's higher they can run harder hunt harder uh and then first snowfall i always uh, like getting out on the first snowfall um getting to those birds that uh, haven't seen the snow you know they get into roost that snow falls and then uh chase them down and you get some nice close flushes right after that fresh snow uh, a couple quick things one follower asked us a question guys feel free to shoot us any questions uh we'll try to get them all answered for you um shot size i personally i usually always shoot fives um i use a federal load um, two and three quarter five shot 1500 feet per second it's lead uh we're doing a lot of uh private property or property that you can use lead on um they asked if uh it's non-toxic in uh south dakota south dakota isn't um right now you can use lead but you have to use uh steel on public ground or on certain public ground um randy uses a little different shell than i do yeah, I, uh, I shoot fives as well. Uh, most of the public ground and any of the private ground that we're walking in South Dakota is all lead. Like Nate said, there are a few spots and some public 
uh, ground in South Dakota where it's non-toxic. So you always got to check the regs, check the book and see. Um, they're only color coordinated on the map for you. But uh, lead fives, Fiocchi, golden pheasant. Uh, I shoot three inch. Uh, maybe early season I'll shoot two and three quarter. Uh, it's an ounce and three quarter shot. It's really heavy stuff. A lot of BBs in it. Uh, and it's a slow round. Uh, my round, I think it's like 12... 100 feet per second maybe 1250 um so i go more more bbs uh less speed uh for more knockdown power uh later in the season but i'll shoot some golden pheasant uh two and three quarter early season two i shoot a a 12 gauge uh, m1 uh benelli um I also do have a, a 20 gauge that I'll, I'll shoot some uh, at birds too earlier in the season. But uh, yeah, normally shooting some pretty heavy loads. I think all of you guys can agree though too is it's the best shell is probably the one that you're going to feel confident with. Um, if you're switching shells all the time and stuff, your lead might be different. You might be getting into your head a little bit. We got one buddy that does that a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you stick with one that you're good with i mean why uh why change it up we uh i keep the same shell i got cases and cases of the same shell that i use works good for me i'm not saying it's going to work the best for anybody else but uh i i'm successful with it and we're happy so find the shell that works best for you and your gun and what you feel confident with and uh spend that little extra money if you uh need to or if you can on uh on a little higher end shell um Cause you don't go all that way to miss yeah uh i don't i mean i've been shooting the same shell for five six uh years at least now um and once you find it like nate said stick with it uh you get the confidence once you have the confidence um you start knocking down a lot more birds uh just because you feel good uh about your shot and your pattern so yeah i shoot a also shoot a modified choke. Uh, that seems to be the best for the shell that I, I shoot. Um, I shoot that early season and late season. That modified choke pretty much never uh, never leaves my barrel. So um, that as well, find the choke tube that you feel comfortable with. Yeah, maybe you do mix it out uh, from early season to late season a little bit, make small adjustments. But once you find the shell and the choke that uh, feels good, stick with it. I will for you uh, female followers and listeners, what, uh, what shells are you guys finding um, that you like? Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I wanted to go back to your dogs. How many dogs do you like to usually run in a field? <laughs> Nate, uh, don't hunt with Nate because <laughs> if you bring four dogs, he'll bring five. If you bring six, he'll bring seven. He always outdoes you in dog power. So uh, Nate's got dogs on dogs on dogs. So uh, I run two. I run uh both my dogs together all the time unless for some reason uh, you know there's an injury uh, fatigue or for health reasons or safety reasons uh, I only run one uh, but 
even when Bodie, a lot of people, um, they ask, you know, young dog, run it by itself. Uh, yeah, we did that. We did a lot of training with Bodie by himself. But when we hit the pheasant fields, uh, he hopped in with uh, the other dogs and he had to learn quick if he wanted to mark birds, get birds and, and bring birds back and get that prize that he's got to work hard. Uh, and uh, and it's not a, it's not an easy game, especially when you have experienced dogs in the field. But I feel like uh, there's there's people that think you should run dogs by themselves and there's people that think together is better. We normally just throw them in with the, uh, all the other dogs, but Nate can talk to all his dogs and how many dogs he runs in the field at a time. To go off of Randy, I think um, running one dog as a young dog can be really good and also I think can hurt you. Um, if you know there's birds there and you're confident going in there with that young dog to get one bird up or get that bird up and he gets the flush or she gets the flush and the retrieve, that can make that dog right there. Um, now, you, that dog might not be able to do that if a couple other dogs were in the field. So there I would see, yeah, run that single dog. Um, how I look at it is if you got a couple dogs out for that young dog that are kicking birds up or pointing birds, that young dog will see that going on, figure out that that's what he or she's out there for and uh, hopefully um, succeed. And like Randy said, too, it's competition for them all. Um, it's a hard game. Um, they got to step up their game quick and uh, make it to the big leagues to be able to run the whole time with us. Yeah, but yeah, and back to that, training the dog individually, this is once we hit the pheasant field for, for the season. The dog has the proper training, has confidence, uh, hit the field with other dogs, uh, and then they have to compete. And I ran a young dog this year. She was... Oh, about six months or a little less um, going into the early season. And I ran her with uh, Randy's dogs and my dogs, and she struggled. She didn't put birds up as she uh, I was hoping to, um, and she uh, didn't quite catch on. She wasn't fully force-fetched or anything, so I didn't um, um, push it too hard with her. I ran her when I could. Um, and she got a couple retrieves, but not near as many I was hoping. Um, and she didn't she didn't know what she was out there to do. She didn't uh, I didn't put any release birds over her before the season, um, which might have helped her before the actual season started. Um, but uh, I was hoping those wild birds would teach her. So I think next year will be a totally uh, different game for her. Um, with a little more formal training here this last winter, and then uh, hitting the fields um, next year. Do you guys uh, ever run into traps out there, like people trapping and then dogs getting into that? Yeah, we got a couple stories. Randy, uh, yeah, Randy can answer a couple of those. He's had some poor luck on a one dog. Yeah, um, every time I wear my GoPro, um, I swear it's bad luck, really bad luck. Um, we were out in South Dakota, Nate and I, hunting late season, uh, and Richter, um, he was five years old at the time, he's six now, this is, I think last year, might've been two years now, um, ran into a snare trap. Um, there was a trapper that was trapping uh, the property. Uh, miscommunication between me, oh, yeah, uh, guide, Nate, uh, landowner and uh, trapper, so he didn't have the tra he still had the traps out and set. 
Um, there's a lot of snare traps in the area. Uh, we had Richter get into one. Um, luckily, uh, obedience-wise, he's trained really well. And he hit the trap and he sat right away. Uh, and I could visually see him from where I was at. Uh, and I was like, that's weird. Why would he just instantly sit when he's hunting and he was he was birdie at the time because uh, the way he, his actions were in his body language and so i start moving towards him uh and realize that uh there's traps around or s- something's wrong so we instantly run over to the dog uh to see what's to see what's going on can't see anything uh late season snow it's cold it's probably like three degrees outside that day and trying to figure out what's going on while well, the snare was around the dog's neck in in a Richter's fur and he has a thicker coat so we couldn't actually see it so drop the unload the guns put them on the ground take our gloves off and uh, evaluate what's going on well uh, a couple years ago uh, Nate and I uh, this whole huge learning experience we weren't prepared we didn't have the proper equipment to cut cut the snare um, so I stayed with the dog. Uh, we had other dogs in the field. No other dogs, uh, fortunately for us, didn't get into the snares. Nate got back to the truck, went and got uh, something to snip the snare with, came back out in the field. I was still sitting with Richter, uh, keeping him comfortable, making sure that he didn't start uh, going crazy and lashing and moving his head. And we uh, we cut the dog out. That was, uh, that was probably the scariest time in the field. I have the GoPro footage. Uh, I had a GoPro on my head. Um, I haven't watched it. I do want to watch the footage. Uh, and make a video about it for uh, learning experience for people because now we carry the proper equipment for the dogs for the dog safety that was something we should have done from the beginning uh i didn't think i'd ever run into a trap or be the person with the trap but you never know if you hunt it's a possibility that you can you could run into a trap so that was uh one time that we ran uh, ran into a trap that was a that was a terrible terrible experience yeah, yeah so that one and then we actually, I hit another trap with a dog this year. Um, Bodie, he was uh, eight, nine months old. We were walking a tree line in South Dakota, and we were getting back to the to the truck, maybe thirty yards from the truck. And all of a sudden, uh, my dog started squealing, sounded like a pig, like a high pitched squeal, pain. And I turn and look, and uh, Bodie was in a, a, a foot trap. Uh, his, his front left got caught in, in the trap and we were in the, right on the ditch uh, of a road right getting back to our truck so I ran over to Bodie um, and released him from the foot trap luckily he had no damage to, to his foot and he was fine um, we put the dog in the truck let him uh, bring the adrenaline down because it's such a high stress moment for the for the handler and the dog uh, and then I evaluated the dog again after and, and noticed he had no permanent damage or any damage to his foot. So he was he was able to hunt uh, again the following day. But yeah, that's that's why I don't wear my GoPro as much as uh, as I should for getting footage and content. But traps, yeah, we've had some bad luck uh, uh, with traps. I don't know if you've ever had to yeah. run into traps or anything, but I don't think Nate, you've had a dog hit a trap. No, knock on wood, I haven't. Um, just with Randy. Um, yeah, not a fun deal. So carry a snip for snare traps. You can get them on Amazon. Uh, 
I think we got ours at REI. Um, have them, have a backup pair. If you have a hunting buddy that uh, shows up and doesn't hunt all the time and you're like, hey, throw this in your game vest because whoever's next to the dog or uh, closest to the dog, everyone should have a pair on them. If a, a pair falls out of your vest when you're walking, always have a backup pair um, and just be prepared. Watch videos on YouTube, educate yourself on traps uh, because the first time we got into a trap, we were definitely not prepared. Uh, the second trap, different style of trap, but uh, I, I knew what was going on. I knew he was in the foot trap and uh, Bodie, the foot trap, Bodie was probably in the foot trap only for maybe 30 seconds tops. Uh, Richter was in that snare trap for I think like 15 minutes uh, because we weren't prepared. So um, and every, yeah. everything was good with Richter. Um, after randy got him out of the trap um the tool randy's talking about is just a uh it's actually a trapping tool to cut cable and it cuts it instantly um you're not going to work your way through it like a with an angle snip but um it uh it works good it's worth the 20 bucks and uh it's worth to have on you too in the field yeah yeah um i was just going to say is there any other tools that you think would be helpful to carry in the field yeah um for trapping or just for anything just for anything kind of yeah yeah so i carry that snip for the snare traps um carry a a a piece of uh paracord or dog leash at all times for body traps uh in case a dog gets into a body trap to release uh, those traps uh we carry first aid kits um we carry a smaller one in our game carriers for in the field but uh nate actually you have uh um gun dog solution yeah gun dog solution gun dog solutions first aid kit uh uh awesome high level uh first aid kit pretty much can do anything with your canine on your tailgate um to keep it alive uh to fix you know for major injuries to anything little um we can even post the gun dog solution uh, we posted some stuff about it before but we'll put the tag they have an instagram page too we have one of those in the truck um and then uh other stuff that we carry water uh, a bunch of water for our dogs um huge on keeping the dogs hydrated in the field normally have at least two water bottles on each of us at any given time since we're running so many dogs um what else what do you carry randy's better with the tools than i am (laughs) a lot of my stuff's in the truck um basically the same list he did but not quite as to the extent as randy he's better at that than i am yeah Um, oh i know what we started carrying this year uh hydrogen peroxide dish soap and uh baking soda yeah i got that in the dog trailer by the gallons um (laughs) got sprayed in north dakota twice um it's terrible luckily uh for you guys that have your dogs in suvs or anything um like randy said after that inside of that suv or truck interior would be ruined with a skunk smell um luckily the dog was in the dog trailer um and it stunk for days but uh hydrogen peroxide uh don dish soap and uh baking soda um does a trick for that pulled into a little town in uh north dakota washed them up 
and um, continued west, of course, after shooting a limit, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, got into the next town I was heading to and uh, washed the dog up again, um, and it worked out fine. Yeah, I think we had two dogs get hit by skunks this year because Richter got hit in South Dakota by one. Mainly early season stuff. Richter got uh, hit in CRP grass. Uh, direct hit. I've never had a dog get hit that bad. I've had like the side spray kind of deal. This was full on right in his face. Um, it was so bad, like dry heaving, can't be by the dog. Uh, brutal, brutal smell. Uh, we had uh, the dog... We had a pickup truck with some dog crates, so the dog was in the crate, so he wasn't in the actual truck, so we didn't have to smell it. And we went instantly um, to, uh, we weren't next to a store, and we didn't have the equipment, so we went in town and started door knocking uh, and just asking people that lived in town if they had some dish soap and uh, baking soda uh, and hydrogen peroxide we could we could borrow, and we'd swing into the next gas station or grocery store and, and, and repay them after um, the following day just because everything was starting to close down. It was late later in the night. And uh, that dog collar, that e-collar that Richter was wearing, just so people kind of get an extent for how bad a direct hit is, um, I had to throw it away. Like, uh, I've soaked it in that mix for weeks. And you take it out and it stink up the whole the whole garage, the whole house. Um, so it is potent. I gave Richter, I think, two or three baths uh, when we were hunting. He stunk when we got home. And... Uh, that smell lasted probably a month, if not longer. Um, and that can, you know, that dog's done, uh, right. Obviously safety reasons first for the dog, but I mean, that dog's not hunting the rest of the trip because it can't, it can't scent, um, anything. So, uh, my, yeah, Richter traps, skunks, raccoons. I don't know. I feel bad like luck. he gets in bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying he should have, uh, put that dog collar into the wife's pillow and uh, maybe he would have been able to come hunting a little more but i don't know maybe he wouldn't have either uh, do you guys ever run into uh rabies like if you ever when dogs get bit like if you had a I think, raccoon bite or anything i think randy yeah richter got uh bit by a raccoon um he got into it in the cattail slough uh, and locked up on a on a raccoon and um, he got bit. No problem with rabies because he was he had his proper uh, vaccinations or vaccines through the doctor. But I did make a phone call to to the vet uh, to the clinic and let them know what happened. Um, and they checked his records and uh, informed me that he he was fine and just to keep an eye on him. Uh, and I never had any any issue. But uh, yeah, that's uh, out there too. Um, you know, with all those rodents that are out in those sloughs. Um, another thing to to uh be aware of be aware of yeah yeah when you're uh when you're guiding do you ever have anyone run into rodents do they get a little nervous about one of the properties we guide at um there's a lot of badger holes so you got to be prepared for that um way out west river south dakota where i guide at um you can hit rattlesnakes early season um yeah that's never good you gotta be really prepared for that or uh porcupines too um 
I had to shoot a porcupine in a food plot this year. Um, the dogs went on point and um, the porcupine was just spinning in circles and the dogs were just pointing it and uh, took a little 20 gauge and sealed that deal. But uh, that, that can be a little bit of a headache too if you run into those. And a lot of your grouse followers, um, I'm sure you hit those more than we do. Um, snake bites that's not good guys out west do some uh, snake preventative training on their dogs um fortunate we don't have to necessarily do that when it hurt um but we don't do that just in the country we live in but um the um it's definitely a possibility to lose a dog to a snake bite yeah yeah um what would be the kind of dream hunt that you guys could go on for upland yeah that's a good question um to be honest probably uh some that you guys have done i've kind of been staying home and not doing too many dream upland hunts um i think it'd be fun to go with uh some guys with short hairs and uh do a horseback trip and go see some big country and uh cover miles and miles of ground um and uh your transportation would be horse and literally talking tens and 20 mile plus trips. And um, I think that'd be cool to see those dogs covering big ground, be a little different style than our dogs. Um, and then uh, it'd always be fun just horseback riding and seeing uh, seeing the different country. Yeah, um, for me, a dream upland hunt, I don't know exactly what it would be. Uh, it'd probably be um, in any state farther west than uh, South Dakota, hunting uh, different terrain, different country, uh, and different species. Um, I don't know, I, whatever that may be. I mean, I, uh, some of the people that we follow on uh, Instagram, I see some of the hunts and some of the some of the birds that you guys chase, and uh, I don't have a specific one that I would want to do. If that's like heading to Arizona to hunt quail or chasing chuckers in Utah, uh, whatever it may be. I mean, anything different than pheasant hunting in South Dakota, I guess would be interest to me. I, I did get out to Western Nebraska uh, just for a couple days, chase some quail uh, with my dad. And that was awesome, something different and kind of started getting me thinking and hooked on uh, putting more miles on the truck and getting out and uh, trying some some different stuff, maybe setting aside a, a, a week or two each season to uh, learn some different ground and, and learn how to chase some different species of upland. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be cool to go rip up into the mountains and chase chuckers. Yeah, for sure. That would be pretty neat to go explore up there because I feel like – just going up there and then all the big game stuff you'd see too. Find some elk shed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun doing that. Yeah. Um, what is your like ideal client when you guys are running guided trips? I think one that can hit every bird that's flushed. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, everybody misses, but... Uh, it's always fun watching somebody make good shots or my favorite client is one of those the old guys that have uh, been around the block a few times and 
they like to post or walk the edges and they make those uh farther shots after a couple guys miss um to me that's always fun good um camaraderie and uh (laughs) um makes for good talk after when you're sitting around the grill yeah now do you guys stay at a lodge out there like do they have a lodge and everything for you guys yeah so yep we have there's a lodge at each ground that we guide at that the clients stay at and then we have a guide cabin um that um us guides stay in um one follower just asked uh what's the longest tail feather um randy's put the tape to a few i'm gonna have to guess on mine somewhere in the mid-20s i don't have it exactly nailed um what uh what's your longest tail feather i guess if you got uh if you got a good one there kirk um i think mine's uh 24 24 and a half um I don't have any of those monster tails that are up around 30 some people post um i don't know what the tail on this bird that's sitting on the table yeah, right this, here this one here is like 24 and a quarter um 24 and a half somewhere in there um nothing special just a good hunt um that's why i put this bird on the wall um out of one of randy's private slews that he always has lined up um this bird came out of we had a good quick morning um with a buddy and uh has some good hooks on it so that's where we got with that one yeah but yeah i don't we don't have super long monster tails um like uh yeah 24 maybe 25 uh, is the longest yeah but um yeah is there any other questions on there coming through no he just said he has no monster tail feathers either nothing wrong with that man just keep chasing them keep, keep chasing them that's all you has, can do. yeah has anyone shot uh if our followers has anyone shot a abandoned rooster before yeah that'd be a good one yeah i haven't uh i haven't i've never even seen one um There's like a, a buddy shoot one or anything yeah. supposedly south dakota puts out a million dollar bird or something like that don't <laughs> quote me on that but uh <laughs> I guess that's one good way to get out of the house and tell the significant other you're going to go to get a million bucks is go find that one bird. <laughs> yeah, where do they usually ban birds? I've never really seen them here. I don't know. I don't know much about it. but I don't I think see. it's too common. Um, he says, this follower here says uh, he hunts around Webster, South Dakota for ducks and hopefully pheasants this year. Um, get out and do them. Early season, you can still kill ducks and then uh, in the morning and then go chase some roosters in the afternoon. Um, nothing wrong with that. That's a good day. That's a really good day. There's, uh, uh, there's sharpies around Webster, too, yeah. early season. Uh, if pheasant isn't open yet and you're out duck hunting. Some power lines look for those sharpies randy's killed plenty of sharpies in the webster area um in the past years yeah yeah um one follower here real quick asked us uh how old were you when you started hunting that's a good question i'll let randy start and then i'll uh, wrap that one up uh i started hunting my first hunt I mean, I've been hunting pretty much my whole life. My dad was an upland bird hunter uh, and a, a, a deer hunter. Um, shot my first deer when I was 12 on my birthday because uh, at the time you had to be 12 years old to hunt by yourself yeah. with rifle in Minnesota. Uh, opening morning was November 2nd, 
uh, and my birthday was November 2nd. So on my actual birthday, I got to shoot my first deer when I was 12. My first upland bird, um, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I know it took me a while to shoot my first pheasant. They're not easy to hit. Uh, and my dad had a, had a really good shot uh, at the time. So still does, still does. Still does. Um, but uh I think I was probably around the same age, around 12, but I was always into it because when my dad would go on hunting trips with his buddies, uh, I'd always you know, be waiting in the garage when he gets home, if it was deer hunting or pheasant hunting or whatever he was chasing and see what he shot and just was very interested in what he had going on. So I was hooked at a young age. Um, I've, I'd say around between 10 and 12 probably is when I first started hunting. Um, for me, first bird, I'm not sure about. Um, I wish I could answer that one, but uh, I'd say 10, 12, I started uh, carrying a BB gun, maybe even younger, to be honest, uh, with my old man when we were pheasant hunting. And uh, it was just one of those little pump 10-time BB guns, and uh, he let me shoot out anything that flew, basically. And... Uh, no, I didn't kill any with a BB gun, but uh, <laughs> I sure thought I did. Um, and just like uh, Randy, uh, my old man was a good shot. Not so much anymore, though. And uh, I was going to say they're both slipping up a little bit. Yeah, they don't, I don't get hurt enough. <laughs> We're getting better or they're getting a little worse. I don't know. Um, but I'd say I was walking around with a BB gun and in the early, early teens, um, or before that, I guess, because 10, 12, and uh i think that was the best thing um that anyone could do is get the youth out there and um let them tag along um it's always a fun time yeah absolutely uh go ahead um so yeah back to uh your first kind of pheasant hunting um so how long have you guys been pheasant hunting now then since you were 13 probably yeah, yeah around that yeah i'd say 20 plus years been chasing pheasants around um once uh once you get your own dog um you'll become a little more serious on it um grew up with family dogs hunting um nothing wrong with that at all but once you get your own you get a little more tied into it and then you get two and then uh upwards of uh more dogs and it uh it makes you <laughs> also you have seven then you have seven dogs yeah. <laughs> two yeah. more on the way yeah uh yeah about hunting the same tw- i don't know 20 years but uh really hunting pheasants hard uh i wish i hunted hard in back like 2007 2008 when the bird numbers were you know at the last peak uh that's when i was graduating high school so had other things going on with sports and school but uh then i got richter what seven seven years ago when i i got my first dog um because my dad had labs growing up uh family dogs and uh weekend hunting dogs but once i got richter um then i really got into it so these last i've been hunting for 20 years last seven years been really chasing uh roosters really hard with the with richter yeah so 
yeah, I want to get a dog and you want to see that dog succeed. And the, the way you can, you know, that dog's going to succeed is, is reps, repetition, right? You got to get it out. So that's why I tell uh, the fiance, got to do it for the dogs. Get out, right? That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah. And that million dollar bird. <laughs> um, also, do you guys do a lot of your own training in the off season or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're starting kind of getting into training season now that it's starting to warm up. Um, Nate does more of it than I do, but uh, we get out together and um, we're working on some stuff with some of our younger dogs. Uh, Going to work some more duck scenarios and steadiness for uh, for Bodie because we didn't really do any of that before upland season. We just wanted him to build confidence and bump birds and retrieve birds. So now we're going to slowly start bringing him back uh, to marking and get steady. So uh, this coming duck season, hopefully I can uh, start shooting a few ducks over him as well. But uh, yeah, we'll start doing more training. A lot of our uh, people out in the Instagram world, they want uh, more educational training videos from us so we're going to work on that this spring and summer as much as possible and start uploading those uh, with different dogs because we have dogs of all ages from veteran old dogs to you know dogs at a year or younger we don't currently have any puppies uh, right now but we have some video from back in the day that we'll start uploading too but uh yeah nate you can talk to some training too yeah and then randy kind of touched base on it um from different followers what things do you want to see for training um what questions you got if you want to ask them here or uh, send us personal messages too we can uh try to get some videos together and answer some of those questions um yeah we do all different types of training um just from uh hunt test scenarios um for the akc or um pointing lab world to uh just simple uh, retrieving or quartering drills that'll help us in the field um, chasing upland birds. Um, We do a lot of duck hunting early on in the season, so we our dogs like to be uh, steady um, to shot and released on their name. Um, So that's one big thing that uh, we try to work with on every dog. Like Randy mentioned, we're working that with Bodie right now. hopefully shoot some ducks over him next year and run him off of a place where or a platform where he's steady to shot um can take a lot and then uh kind of like one of the guys here was talking about doing duck hunting in the morning then turning him loose for pheasants um being able to have that dog steady in the duck blind and then uh kick him loose a couple hours later to go uh pheasant hunt um, that's training in itself right there. So that's a, you need to be prepared for that with a good all around dog. Absolutely. And what would be your favorite drill to use on a dog if you're training? Like what's your best drill to just kind of. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I personally like to uh, run multiple marks for like a duck hunting situation in a water setup with some uh, channels or a channel blind in there or some peninsulas that the dog has to come out of the water, go on to land and then come back on in water and keep that straight line. Um, just fun seeing that. Yeah, the dogs mess up, but it's fun training for it. And um making uh keeping those straight lines is always fun to see now that's not in the upland world but uh um it's always good for the dogs to um see different marks and um do that 
Yeah, I don't have necessarily a favorite drill. Um, I have a favorite time of training. I like when the you know you just get a puppy. They're so young and innocent, um, cute, fun to play with, fun to be around. Uh, those initial commands of just teaching the dog's name, uh, sit, and uh, just simple basic drills like that, where uh, they're just it's just a fun fun time to have a dog uh the puppy stage because it doesn't last long it can be hectic and a, a lot of work but um it's rewarding at the end to see him uh getting better throughout the process so I, I like the early stages and you can go off going off of randy there you can uh you can really make a dog's uh confidence go up with those early stages and all that leads um the little leash work sitting um honoring when you put its food down being steady all that type of stuff lead up to the big picture that you're ultimately trying to get to um so that training there is probably your uh best training um for the dog you can do i like that video you guys posted as well about giving a dog a treat when it sits on the platform yeah nate said i need to clean my garage <laughs> that, that was an old video from uh, last year with bodie yeah i was using uh, i know people use clickers or they use like some sort of treat reward uh bodie food driven big time uh at that age or when he was a puppy he wouldn't show any interest unless i had uh, some of some of his kibble or food in my hand so yeah i i did the platform uh nate uses uh the place command i just use the kennel command for my dogs so you'll see me in that video i'll say kennel means hop up on the platform tell them to sit uh reward them with a little piece of uh food and then release them with the okay command uh and you know high-pitched voice okay okay try you know get them uh, excited uh and then uh lots of good boys lots of petting uh get that tail wagging making sure he's having fun and then do it like three four times and then be done with it and then revisit it a little bit later that day do it another three four times you don't have to do it you know 20 30 times in a row because at that age of that puppy one you're not going to get the attention that long and then you're just going to get frustrated um and then it's not good for the handler or the puppy uh so do it a couple times uh put it away go back and do it and a lot of people you know when you say training a lot of this stuff can just happen right in your house every day um you know it doesn't necessarily it's not like you have to set time aside i'm going to train takes five minutes do it quick and then just go back to your whatever you're doing and then um try and get it you know three sessions in a day and that's going to you know set that dog up for success uh later stages of training yeah um and just really quick one follower here just asked us uh where can you get one of those hats um randy actually brought a couple oh, hats yeah. here for a giveaway here later on we can uh can discuss on how to do some giveaways for those um yeah but you can um Randy can touch base on how to get some. Yeah. Um, so we have a we have an Etsy page that we use for the hats. I will put that back up on our Instagram. I think it's on our Facebook right now on the Upland Inc. page. Uh, our page was hacked uh, a few months back, and then it was just recently hacked again. So I was in the process of getting everything linked back together because I de-linked everything because I didn't know how 
our page was uh, compromised if they were coming in from a different way, but it, I figured it out. It's, it was through Instagram. So we started the new page. We appreciate everyone that transferred over and follows us now on our new page. Um, yeah, we're going to be giving away three hats, but we'll put the link back up on our, in our bio, on our, on our Instagram. And uh, I can do that right after this. Uh, so you'll see it later today. We do have, I don't know, 20 to 30 hats in stock right now. We'll move through those. And then, uh, we also have some t-shirts and then we'll, we'll re, uh, reorder and get some more inventory on that stuff. But yeah, we are giving away three, three hats today. Uh, I haven't decided how we're going to do it, but we should, probably give one away here now yeah uh, <laughs> That'd be great i don't know the best way to do it if uh if somebody wants to maybe throw out a way to give that and uh, we'll go with it and we'll get a little drawing going or something there for that um one of the followers asks uh do your ladies ever outshoot you in the field um <laughs> who asked that oh <laughs> is that katie no <laughs> Looks like a Mike Comstock, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, female shooters are great shooters. Um, they're maybe not so into the competition world, and they're a little uh, more steady, and they can be a heck of good shots. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, don't hunt with a, a ton of females. Um but uh, yeah, they can be really good shots. Uh, trying to get uh, Alyssa into shooting more. Uh, my fiance, we we worked a little bit shooting clays, but uh, yeah, just it's awesome getting out uh, with uh, female hunters and uh, seeing female hunters uh, part of the sport. It's it's huge um, for the sport. Uh, so yeah, we always like that. And yeah, there's there's good female shots out there. Who asked that? Um, was it Mike? Yeah, Mike. And I was uh, I was part of a youth trap league up in northern Minnesota a few years back, and some of the best shots were uh, female shooters, hands down. Um, and it was fun to see. They uh, everyone thinks that it's a guy sport, blah blah blah. It's it's not. It's uh, it's anyone's sport. They anyone can play it. Um, they uh, they got dialed in and they went to state and did really really well in uh, trap shooting league. So that's good. Yeah. One guy here says, uh, my 13-year-old daughter will give you a run for your money. I believe it, man. Uh, <laughs> sporting clays and hunting, um, 100%, and uh, as she should. Um, and she should give every guy in her school a run for her money, too. Um, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's uh, that's where it all starts, and uh, that's what it's all about, ultimately. So, yeah, that's good. Um, I'd love to hunt next to her anytime. Absolutely. Yeah, if you wanna um, talk about the giveaway a little bit at all, what are you kind of thinking for? I say we give one hat right now to his thirteen-year-old daughter. Um, yeah. Send us a send us a message, Kirk, and um, we'll get your daughter one of these hats. And um, um, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, just. Uh, direct message uh to our instagram page your uh information your address and we'll pop one of these in the mail for you um well you gotta give it to her yeah (laughs) can't you can't take it (laughs) no that's good um but yeah and then the two hats you do have left uh i mean we can do whatever you want with them really 
We'll figure yeah. something out. I'm yeah. not quite sure. Figure something out. We didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, post it up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that covers it for what I kind of wanted to go over today. If anyone else has any questions, but if you guys have anything you'd like to add, um, where they can find you, any more. Randy knows the whole internet world a little better than I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can reach us uh, at uh, upland.inc uh, on Instagram. Uh, same with Facebook. Uh, we do have the two pages synced, so most of the content and everything that we're uploading uh, will go to both pages. So uh, follow us on both if you have both uh, social media platforms. Uh, we will do more training videos like I was talking before earlier this spring and summer for more educational stuff uh, and changing up just a little bit before the, the page was hacked. We were doing just a lot of, of photos and content to let people, you know, see our dogs and see what we're doing. But we want to uh, help you know, the community out. And, uh, we just had a, a, a guy, uh, message us yesterday and he was asking for, he had just got a puppy and he was asking for a few drills and, uh, we shot him over a bunch of footage and things that we work on with our dogs. You know, we want to help out, um, everyone out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in and, and following us. So we want to, we want to be able to help you out with training dogs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you can find us on uh, all our social media platforms and pages. Perfect. I think that'll uh, end it for today, boys. Appreciate so, having you on. And- sounds good. Yeah, we'll post uh, we'll post a couple questions on our story right after this uh, for these last two hats. Whoever uh, gets the question correct, uh, we'll uh, we'll ship these hats out to you and give the other two away. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Nate, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Talk to you boys later.